0: Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk, producer and host of the Public Relations Review podcast. When I conceived this program, my idea was to provide public relations practitioners with a wide variety of solid, useful information and guidance from public relations professionals across America. And we are doing that. I will continue to cover important topics such as crisis communications and artificial intelligence and other such important topics. But I will also address other issues such as diversity in public relations, marketing to women, public relations trends, various data concerns, and much more. From time to time, I will also invite vendors of public relations products on to help you better understand how these products can improve your efficiency and your effectiveness. You will learn a lot from our podcast, so thank you for listening, and please inform your colleagues about the Public Relations Review Podcast and continue listening. Thank you so very much. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review, and again, thank all of our listeners across America and in the 22 countries where we are now heard. Now, whether it is your company or organization, your reputation is vitally important. Think about it. Having a bad or undependable reputation can cause all sorts of problems for your company. So how can a company keep track of its reputation to be certain it's in great shape? What steps can you take to prevent your reputation or damage to it? On the other hand, how does one repair or recover from a damaged reputation? My guest today, Greg Feisman, is going to help answer those questions. Now, Greg wears multiple hats. One, he's the assistant chair for public relations, and two, he's a faculty advisor for both the Public Relations Society chapter and their uh, newsletter at Temple University's Klein College of Media and Communications in the great city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, let's also give Greg a, a round of applause because he has been inducted into the Philadelphia Public Relations Society's Hall of Fame. Now, with more than 35 years of experience, Greg has held notable senior public relations positions at major organizations, including ING Direct, Pep Boys, Core States Financial Corporation, Roman Haas, the Philadelphia Human Resources Professional Society, and the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia. His colleagues have also recognized his great accomplishment. From Temple University, he has received an Outstanding Faculty Service Award in 2014, another faculty service award in 2012, an outstanding service award in 2011, and in 2010, he received the Public Relations Society's prestigious Anthony J. Pulginiti Award for his commitment to public relations education. And he served as a board member for the Philadelphia Public Relations Society. Whew. Greg, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Peter. It's a pleasure being here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Well, why don't we start uh, in uh, about reputations management? Let's first let's define what is reputation. It's a good question,
1: and different people certainly define it different ways. One of the ways I like to think about it, and, and it needs to be noted first, that reputation is something that's driven by your external audiences. It's not what you say it is; what others say it is. So, in another way to think about it, it's the status of how different constituencies of an organization perceive that organization. And as we know, Peter, oftentimes perception is reality. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's relationship-based, it's a natural duty for PR practitioners. Having said that, however, to have a strong reputation management uh, operation within any organization It has to be part of the portfolio of the CEO or um, any kind of executive leadership. They have to drive it, or it will never gain traction.
0: Well, having said that, because that's pretty much the head of the organization, but can't reputation also have some impact from the, or let me put it a different way, that employees or what you do or how you do things can also impact that?
1: Absolutely. In fact, the employee um, audience is the most important audience because they can be the ambassador for your organization. And again, they are a vital constituency. And this is the tricky part of reputation management because different audiences experience your organization at different places. Um, People can have different perceptions of your reputation. So employees might think it's a great place to work, but your customers don't really like your customer service operations. Mm -hmm. So your reputation is... Uh, negative, um, I teach a class, a graduate class in reputation management here at Temple, and one of the exercises I go through with my students is I will throw out the name of an organization and say, okay, what's tell me what you think of their reputation. So I'll say something like uh, the Ritz-Carlton or the Four Seasons, and instantly good reputation comes to mind. Then I'll turn around and say something like Boeing airplanes and um, British Petroleum. And those have negative connotations and then we get into why um, and it's not that they're necessarily bad companies but there's something going on in their operations that led that led to people's perception of they have a bad reputation
0: mm-hmm now how does one internally begin to help at least uh, the company be an ambassador so that that reputation is maintained well the first part
1: it starts with research before you can work on maintaining or improving your reputation you have to decide or at least find out what is it so go talk to your employees Um, as you know Peter people are all too happy to give you their opinion if they're asked Um, so ask them what is your perception of working here what do you like what don't you like and you're gonna have some kind of standard answers people always want more salary and more vacation time those kinds of things are to be expected but what you want to do is try to dive in below the surface. Um, why do you like working here? Would it be a place you would recommend for others to work here? Why or why not? Um, and you've really got to dig down and really um, find out what people's feelings and, and perceptions really are. Um, if it's great, find out why people think it's great. If they think it's mediocre, you need to find out why. Now. Not everything's going to be an action item. Like I said, you may not be able to increase salaries. That's fine. But it doesn't always have to be big items. It can be something as simple as we need better lighting in the office. Well, that's an easy fix. you know. Or um, when I've tried working remotely, the system doesn't work. I can't get a connection. Mm-hmm. Those are things that can be addressed. And often reputation doesn't rise or suffer overnight. It's a it's a long term process to build rep- reputation. The sad part is that you can destroy it in five minutes. So it it is one of those tricky things that you have to constantly be monitoring.
0: You know, one of the things that I have found as I have talked to people um, about uh, the public relations of an organization is that senior management should, uh, indirectly or. Un- Covertly, I guess we might put it uh, experience what it is that the everyday customer experiences, and I've and I, uh, what do I say? I, the the company uh, the the TV show uh, Undercover Boss pretty much sets that example that uh, you know they go undercover to uh, just see what's going on out there. And as they talk to line employees, they say, well, you know, we have this and we have that. And the employee says, well, I don't know anything about it or it doesn't work or we've never been told about it. So that causes some difficulty, I guess, uh, for not only the senior official, but it also lets them see that, wait a minute, we need a better way of have a better way of communicating what we actually have available for for staff here.
1: Exactly. It's, it's an old school of business thinking called management by walking around.
0: Absolutely. Get out, get
1: out of your office and <laughs> find out what's going on in your company. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to customers, talk to employees. Um, you know, one part of your organization may be operating terrifically, the other part may decide that, you know, their boss doesn't tell them anything. Okay, that's the roadblock, and and so much of this is communication-based. That's the roadblock. Well, then you need to make middle management accountable. You have to talk to people. Again, I think people in general want to feel like they have a stake in an organization's success. Part of that is that they're listened to. Now, that doesn't mean they get what they want, but they are able to – you create an atmosphere where they are able to share their opinion, discuss issues – try to resolve a problem, um, at least people want to feel like they've been hurt, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where the frustration builds in. Same thing on the customer side. Um, public relations people usually hear about problems once it's gone past the customer service area. Mm-hmm. They've become so frustrated that they call the PR person and say, I'm going to the news media about this. And all they really want is their problem solved, mm-hmm. because they haven't been heard. And while it's not necessarily our responsibility to solve the problem, it can be our, and should be our responsibility to hear, hear them out. What is it? And then take it to the person who's head of customer. So say, hey, listen, here's what's going on. Can you look into this? Again, it doesn't mean the customer is always right. But by the time it winds up on our desk, they're probably so frustrated because nobody's even getting back to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's an issue. That's an operational issue.
0: You know what seems to be built into this uh, this concern is that you might have middle managers, if you will, or maybe even some senior managers that don't want to deal with uh, negative issues. So if there's yeah. a problem going on, uh, they're not going to report it. As, you know, as part of their uh, session with the the president or on a senior staff meeting, that yes, we've had this problem, so forth and so on. But it does need to be addressed, and people need to feel comfortable that they can. Uh, transmit this information because it's a problem, and the wheels might come off if it's not addressed sometime soon.
1: Exactly, and that's you know it's all about creating an atmosphere of trust and and respect. Um, you know, three quarters of business, any business, is solving problems. Mm-hmm. So if you know of a problem, you need to bring it to your supervisor because purely from a operational communication standpoint, I'd rather hear about a problem somebody's having internally than hear from it from a customer before it gets outside
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know if, if we know about it we can nip it in the bud before it ever gets outside the organization um and it's you know there are organizations out there that have the blame culture well okay but for long-term long-term sustainability that's probably not the best culture in the world
0: well, you know, as you said, it, and, and I think it also has to be, come directly from the top that the CEO, chairman, whoever has to say, look, you know, we, we, we aren't perfect here, and if we do have some problems, I want them to come forward. So, right. you know, we need to establish some mechanism, you know, whether it's a, a, a box where they can drop it in or some some whether they can send an email so that the folks will feel comfortable and it goes directly to the top so that, you know, the wheels don't come off before it's too late.
1: Exactly. A lot of companies have ombudsmen for these sort of things. Um, and it, it's, you know, I've worked with CEOs who believe in this stuff, but they say, you know, nobody's willing to tell me anything. I mm-hmm. get on the elevator and everybody stops talking. Mm-hmm. And I've said to them, yeah, well, yeah, and the reason is because you're the CEO. <laughs> That's why. Um, but you you, ha- you it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But you really have to kind of instill this culture of, no, I want to know what the problem is because, and if you want to really make the argument to a business person, if I know what the problem is and I can fix it early, it saves me money. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, you know, and it, it also, there's an element of risk assessment involved in this too because if you understand the risk and you can try to mitigate it long before it ever becomes a crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't always work, but a lot of times it will.
0: Well, you know, I, I think you probably hit it on the head when, when you said that the, the senior official there has to have maybe not necessarily an open-door policy, but to let people know that, you know, if there is a problem, we need to hear about it before it's too late because it can impact, depending upon the gravity of it, it can certainly impact maybe the entire company or, or this particular department. And we don't really need to have those when we know it's preventable.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't always have to be sales-driven. It can be uh, employee productivity and morale. Um, mm-hmm. You've got good employees who you value and they're productive, but they're not comfortable and or they don't like the culture and they're going to leave. Well, it costs a whole lot more to hire a new employee than to keep a good one. Mm-hmm. So it can be customer-related, but it also it, it it can be, you know, internally related as well. Um, you know, whether it's any audience that an organization works with sales, operations, product, customer service, um, investor relations, community relations, social responsibility. I mean, it runs the gamut of what we as PR practitioners are responsible for.
0: Well, having said, uh, you know, we've perhaps outlined a number of ways that people can drop the ball or things that can go wrong, where the wheels can come off. Uh, we can maybe shift gears now and talk about, okay, well, let's suppose they did come off. Uh, the, the the cat is out of the bag and, and all hell is broken loose. Uh, yep. What are some of the things we have to do now to try to recover uh, the reputation that we formerly had? Great. Right.
1: Well, first of all, investigate why the wheels came off. And mm-hmm. if it is an act of God, okay. You know, nobody, that things happen. Um, if it's your fault, come out and say it's your fault. Please, me a culpa. Um, you know, uh, trans. <laughs> people can forgive an honest mistake and companies are made up of people so a mistake happens okay we're all human we all make mistakes own up to it own that mistake and then say and here's what we're going to do to fix it to make sure it doesn't happen again and then if you are truly enlightened leadership you bring in representatives of the audiences who were affected by this mm-hmm. to help you solve the problem mm-hmm. because that way you create allies from outside constituencies who can turn around to their network and say, no, 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 yeah, these people, they blew it, but you know what, they owned up to it. Not only are they fixing it, they're asking us to be part of the solution to the problem. So they're serious. They're they're credible because they're not – they're not deciding that, oh, we, fi- we blew it so we know how to fix it. No, they're asking us, who were affected by it, how to fix it. And that creates very strong bonds, and that can increase and, and re- recover your credibility quicker than just a company says, yeah, we blew it, we're going to fix it. You know, and, not, and don't worry about it. But, well, people are going to worry about it because you blew it the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, so to think, and in in this day and age with social media, to think that a problem is going to stay internal for very long is just not realistic.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that was a hugely important point uh, to involve the people that it impacted to have them as uh, a part of the solution to this thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a very, very valuable piece of piece of information.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it's critical. Um, You know, reputation can be measured. You know, it's not one of these esoteric kinds of things. You can absolutely measure reputation, and you have to, and you should be. You should be doing it on a regular basis. Um, Just like PR practitioners are responsible for communication audits on a regular basis, you should be measuring your reputation Mm -hmm. at the same time because it all feeds into the same thing.
0: You know, one of the things that, that has recently popped up, and it, it maybe for smaller businesses or otherwise, is that there have been folks who've established online, uh, basically online reputation salvation, if you will. We can save yep. your damaged reputation. And uh, that has caused a lot of folks not only some heartburn, but, uh, you know, has done more damage than perhaps uh, uh, they were dealing with before they got in touch with these, uh, these folks.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you have, if you're approached by one of these um, agents who claim they can help you restore your online reputation, I think you need to dig in and say, okay, guys, well, how are you defining that? Mm -hmm. You know, when you say you can fix my online reputation, well, how are you defining reputation? Is it, you know, likes and comments? That's not really what we're talking about, you know? Um, And why do you think our reputation needs fixing? You know, is it Is it just a sales job or is there a legitimate issue out there that you may not be aware of? And that's fine. But I would do a lot of due diligence before I went and hired a firm who claims they can help me fix my online reputation.
0: Now, now just out of curiosity, do you have an actual experience where uh, there was maybe some serious damage caused to an organization you worked for? And then perhaps I outline several of the steps that you took to to resolve that issue to a, to a satisfactory outcome?
1: Well, I, I do. Um, obviously, I'm not going to name former mm-hmm. employer. Understood. Um, but, the, yeah, but there were some issues um, with reputation, and I made recommendations, um, some of whom were listened to and some weren't. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're not the decision makers. Um, by and large. But um, in some cases, they took some steps, and you know, I, I took some steps to help work on their reputation, and we could measure it, and we could see measurable results of improvement, and in some cases, recommendations were not followed, and it escalated, mm-hmm. um, where the organization found themselves even more vulnerable to accusations that had led into poor reputation, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, that's Because if if we had fixed this, you know, three months ago, we wouldn't have these problems. So we all learn, you know, by getting burned once in a while, making mistakes. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, again, you know, executive leadership has to be in tune with this and aligned with this to make it Mm -hmm. actually part of the culture. Um, And if they're not willing to do that, you know, know, okay. But uh, we've all been there when, you know, there's a fire going on and your phone rings and so and you get well I know I should have called you before this <laughs> 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 that was always my cue like Oh, God, what do they do now? <laughs> well, you know,
0: it's, it's important because I think you hit on a very, very important point. As PR people, our, our job is to give the very best advice uh, to, to overcome yeah. this particular uh, issue. Right. And one of the things I do is that if they decide, no, this is not the way we want to go or whatever, mm-hmm. I want to just make it clear that, you know, I've given you my best advice, mm-hmm. and uh, should you decide to go down a different path, I uh, just want to make sure that who is not going to be, uh, you know, catching it when it all comes downhill.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, we can say that, but, of course, you know, they'll call us to say, get my – I know I shouldn't have said it, but now get my butt out of the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. um, but I, the way I, I used to position it when I was talking with CEOs or – Um, consulting clients was, well, okay, you can do that. You can go in that direction. I don't think it's the best, but if you are, if that's the direction you want to go, understand these are the likely outcomes. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable living with that? And, you know, just just play out the thought. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times, if you play out the possible what ifs, they will pause and say, oh, well, no, we don't want that. Okay, well, then if you don't want to end up with that result, then you need to go down this path. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that is a way to convince them. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't always batted a 1,000. There's stuff I've counseled management on that I thought, oh, God, they're not going to listen. It's going to blow up, and it didn't. So, okay, I learned something. Um, and maybe I learned we just got lucky that nobody found out about it. But, you know, part of our job is to, to protect the reputation of our clients and our organizations. Um, with all due respect, management comes and goes. PR people come and go. But, mm-hmm. you know, people, people have an innate tendency that we want to do business with organizations we feel good about. Right. It's just normal mm-hmm. human behavior. So, you know, in the end, the consumer, and I use that as a generic term because um, it be, can be a business-to-business business consumer, we vote with our wallets. You Absolutely, know, And, uh, you know, most everything we purchase is a commodity. There's very few things out there that only one, you get from one source. Mm-hmm. So I can go with company A or I can get this, basically the same thing from company B. But you know what? I had good experience with company A. I don't see any reason to change it. So mm-hmm. I buy it from them. You know.
0: Well, you so, know, and, and that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I had a problem with one of the national hardware companies. Uh, uh, organizations that something didn't arrive when it was promised that it would be arrived, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, you call the customer service desk and they're having some problems. One of the things that I do is that I, w- when that happens, I actually try to reach the uh, at least the corporate headquarters, let them know mm-hmm. what it is, and it gets fixed. Uh, yeah. uh, and as a result, I've actually stayed with that company, yes, because things do happen, as you said, but the fact is that well, we're going to go out of our way to do what we promised you we would do. Uh, we might be a yeah. day late getting it done, but the fact <sighs> that we, we want you to be a happy customer, I, I was a happy customer and I've stayed with them because I understood that, you know, sometimes you, you do have problems. Exactly.
1: You know, it, it's so so often this stuff does boil down to communications. You can trace it back to the communications issue. Um, and, yeah. I mean, I we have I think most of us have been there. Had a problem with the company. They but they fixed it. Okay. That's all I ask.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, don't
1: you know, don't, don't don't charge me 39.95 to talk to a customer service rep. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I was like just, or, don't, or don't put me through, you know, voicemail hell. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk to a person
0: right. who can fix
1: it. Absol- and if absolutely. they can't, then I want to know who I who I can talk to who can. That's mm-hmm. it. And <laughs> yeah, how do you, you keep know,
0: a customer happy, you
1: know, because it's a whole lot cheaper to keep a customer than to get a new one.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Greg, look, uh, you have provided us with some excellent information in this short time we've been together, and just uh, let me find out if you have some closing remarks or uh, thoughts that you uh, you might want to share with listeners.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I think just in, in summary, when we talk about managing reputation, it's an ongoing, long-term strategy. Um, Reputation is an asset, and it needs to be treated as an asset. Um, so whether you're looking at it through the financial lens or a public opinion lens, um, look at it as an asset because you sure don't want it to become a liability.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, Greg Kle- uh, Feisman has been our uh, guest today from uh, Temple University. Greg, thank you again. And to all of our listeners, uh, please Uh, share this information with uh, your colleagues, and join us again for the next edition of the Public Relations Review. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.